Good evening and welcome to a Two Up Top special interview. I'm Gav Mack, host of Two Up Top. And you'll be able to see us on all social media platforms at Two Up Top Football. And I am joined today, I'm so delighted, to invite Dev Badger <laughs> onto the show. Dev is from DZone, a global sport network, and um, is writing a book. So we thought, you know what, let's get him on the show and let's talk about his book and let's talk about his life. How are you, Dev? Yeah, good, mate. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure, absolute pleasure. So, um, I do know you're a Man United fan, <laughs> but talk to me about the two shirts in the background there. You yeah, got you can't R9 it. and Zola. Yeah, I mean, R9, do we need to talk more? Just, I, I, don't, mean, I don't think you do, to be fair. No, R9 I mean, is himself. I mean, he is just, I mean, I'd say probably the best striker ever, in my opinion. I'd say he was probably the best. And then, yeah, and Zola, I mean, you got you. We were just saying before we got on. You got to rep the name where it's due, and it. You got to give credit where it's due. And even though Chelsea, I can stand Chelsea, whether it be fibre or might be, and that man there, he if he was here today, I'd probably like him a bit more. So yeah, you got to respect mm. to where it is. I, you can't see it just out of shot, but there's a Shearer one, and Alan Shearer oh, yeah. just out of shot down there. And there's I've got about six in my wardrobe that I just collect in dust. But there's like Nakamura from Celtic. There's oh. Lampard from West Ham. There's all sorts of. Things. Oh wow, I love that. We were saying yeah. about retro teams and that sort of stuff. Now I'm a I'm a Palermo fan. Most people that watch to at top know that. However, I have to rep. I have to rep the the Fiorentina <laughs> old school mug, and it's uh, it's got two at top on it as well, which is pipe. That's got to be the that's got to be the Batistuta top, isn't it? The seven up one. Yeah, yeah. This, this, yeah, this yeah. dates back to '93. This one. Oh, fair enough. So yeah, it's um it's a great shirt. But yeah, we invited Dev onto the show. He um well, we we had a bit of dialogue on LinkedIn and I was like, dude, I need to talk to this guy. <laughs> and uh, we're we're on the phone and we were talking about uh, about his life and what what he does and I want to share it with everybody else out there, you know, cuz considering that you're so young, you know, you're 23, you know, I would, I would love yeah. to be 23 again. But uh <laughs> how, but, yeah. how old are you? I never I never really asked. How old are you? I'm I'm 33, but I got ID surely last not. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. going to say, surely not, man. <laughs> genuinely got ID'd in Asda. There are other supermarkets available, but I got ID <laughs> last week. And I didn't. I didn't have any ID with me, and I was absolutely livid about it. So I, and I found a picture on my phone. I was like, right, where can I look? Look, this is me, and this is a picture of me holding my identification. Oh, uh, so yeah, bloody hell. So let, let's let's get into things, Dev. How did you get a job at one of the biggest global? sports networks ever design yeah i mean it's, it's a weird one because like i started um my kind of professional career in recruitment so like something completely different but when you're searching grad jobs and you're searching for entry-level opportunities there's a lot in recruitment so i ended up going yeah. with um a digital company they were like um talking about digital roles things i could get involved with and it sounded quite, pretty good and then I was working there for about eight, nine months, and one of our colleagues, um, you know, we had to get new clients all the time. One of our colleagues said, guys, I've heard of, uh, I've just seen a company, Dazzin. You know, has anyone heard of Dazzin? <laughs> That's what I used to like... call it, to be fair. Yeah, yeah I, think every, I think everyone did, to be fair. And then we... D-A-Z-N, Dazzin, Dazzin, yeah, Dazzin, what's that supposed to be? But it was all a bit mad, and then they were like, oh, Dev, you're big on sport, you're this, so... It would be my first ever client, so why don't we go and meet Dazzin, whoever the hell they are. And we didn't really know what they did, so me and my boss at the time, uh, we went to DAZN's headquarters, 
And literally the first thing we did was such a, it was a cardinal sin. If anyone's watching this, make sure you know how to pronounce the name of the company that you're about to visit. If it's an oh, mate, oh. because, <laughs> mate, we flopped it because we got there and we were just like, oh yeah, we've, we've been researching Dazzin. It looks amazing. And they're like, the zone. <laughs> so I take it you didn't yeah. win that client. <laughs> no, we got them. We got them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, they, were, yeah. they were pretty good. They were pretty decent. So I ended up recruiting a few roles for them in the digital space. And I remember coming out from there and I just thought, because I didn't want to be in recruitment my whole life, but I remember thinking, yeah. God, how. There's nothing wrong with working in recruitment, by the way. Say that again, sir? There's nothing wrong with working in recruitment, by the way. Not at all. No, it's great. It's a, that, that's like, what I do on a day. I mean, it's incredible, and I love what you're doing. It's tough, it's hard stuff, but it wasn't for me, mate. It just wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. No, I get um, that. Yeah, and um, so we, so I was just doing roles for that. I remember coming out of it a few times, thinking, God, how cool would it be to to actually work there? And mm. then I placed a few roles with them. I think uh, I placed around three. I think it was three roles in total, um, senior and uh, exec roles, and. When I was telling them, I was like, you've got this package at the zone. I was kind of like, uh, I, like I, I wish I was, someone was saying that to me instead. Um, mm. And then, you know, life goes on. It didn't really work out the first recruitment place. I tried another recruitment place and then got made redundant from there. Uh, the whole company went and dissolved. So I was just kind of left in limbo, basically. So used my little contact book from recruitment day to see what was going on. And I just wormed my way into an interview that, I had no real experience in it's um what I do now is sort of in the rights management and uh, legal area so I had a legal degree but that's it I didn't have any practical experience or anything I just said give I just wanted to worm my way into half an hour in front yeah. of them and think you know then then fair enough just give me a shot that's already asked and I I did I did a thing that I'd like to call professional persistence you know it's not nagging mm. it's not heck like all every single day but you know, whenever I got the chance, like, oh, have you had the chance to check my CV? Have you done this? Have you done that? And I just annoyed them into interviewing me. <laughs> Apparently, I did well. And then <laughs> that was it. <laughs> and a year later, I'm still there. So, yeah. Um, actual Simon on Twitch is watching the show uh, today. And uh, DAZN is up there with the... With old moot cider, um, <laughs> or mispronounced words, and my grandma, my grandma would have called it old moot because she's a. Uh, yeah. Uh, she's <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Mate, I'm from Hans- I'm from Hansworth as well. We lived like full on Jamaican community, so that that literally brought me home. Like just like straight away. <laughs> Love that. Fantastic, but um, one of the main reasons oh before i go any further as well let's get you some of your social media links up on the screen everyone follow dev uh, amandev on twitter or sports scripture and we're going to go into that very very shortly and you can follow him on instagram and you go to their website as well um www.sportscripture.com and that is where you will be releasing your book and the, the main purpose of this show is to talk about your book and from the conversation that we had, mm. if there's anyone who likes football, I suggest you go out and get this book, which will be out at Christmas. It might be a stocking filler for some. It might be a main present for others. And <laughs> it is called uh, The Football Spiderweb, uh, How the Beautiful Game Has Evolved. Now, what inspired you to write this book? Well, 
It's funny because I was watching, um, have you had a True Geordie before, the podcast? Yeah, 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 True Geordie, yeah, massive yeah. In, the, in the podcast world. Yeah, huge, absolutely huge. I listen to him all the time and um, it was around Christmas time when everyone's sort of taking it easy at work and you can sort of get away with listening to music, listening to podcasts while I was in work. So I was listening to True Geordie and he had a uh, podcast with David Icke, the conspiracy theorist, and yeah. he just come out with a book and I remember him saying something along the lines of, I might be paraphrasing, but it's, it's about right when he said, you can look at a moment in history, um, a past moment, a present moment, whatever. If you choose to isolate it, that's all you're going to look at. You just see that moment in history and that's it. But if you choose to take a step back, you begin to see that that little moment could be part of a wider chain of events that explains a much bigger picture. So I thought, well, yeah. he's, he chose to do it, I think, on 9-11 was, was his preferred thing and other historically significant things. But I thought, is there anything I'm really interested in that I could research that has that kind of um, development and mm -hmm. the game of football was it and then from that point on I just got a Google Doc up and I started uh, typing away loads of different footballing moments and then mm -hmm. took a step back and I was like hang on number one links with number 12 15 links with 30 and, and it just started making sense so I started cherry picking it bringing it all into like a timeline I chose a 50-year timeline and then just linked up all the bits and then it it kind of wrote itself once I focused on one or more points because bits yeah. started sprouting when I researched and it just it just kept going. It's it's a nerd's like my my brain went in overload like as soon as I started reading all this stuff and then the nerdy bit came out, made links and Bob's your uncle, I guess. There you go. Now I don't want to yeah. give too much of way of what is in the book, so I'd like to talk about some some scenarios that will be similar to what will be in the book. Now, we're on the phone. Did the the, the, the piece about but uh, Ajax and mm. Barcelona is that in the book? Yes, it is. It's Damn it! The, the key is, so. <laughs> now, I'll, I'll tell you the other thing. I don't. I don't want to. I don't. I want people to still go out and buy the book. You know, yeah. I, I'm going to buy it anyway. But um, <laughs> do you know what? Screw it. We're going to talk about it. Um, and <laughs> so, <laughs> so one of the things in the book is about where you look at the Ajax team that were conquering Europe they won yeah. three Champions League well European Cups at the time on yeah. the spin and their key player was Johan Cruyff and yeah. Johan Cruyff then went on to manage Barcelona won a European Cup with them and you know just players and, and players that then get are, are managed by someone so it starts with sort of the manager then the player comes in they then evolve into management and then that manager then progresses and comes into it comes into their own so yeah where what, what sort of what, what sort of webs are you seeing built in today's game right now and where could you say they have been evolved from oh i like that okay so one thing that i i wish i kind of focused on more in the book might be in the second edition so you know stay tuned for that but uh, one yeah. of the things i looked for was um focusing on the premier league for example I was very interested to see how the domestic market compared, like the transfer market compared to others. So mm -hmm. there's, there's no doubt in that there's been an inflation in the transfer market in the UK for a very long time. But I wanted mm -hmm. to know why that was and I wanted to know who contributed to it and what led to uh, the teams that we see today. Because if we were to just take the top 10 teams in the world, I reckon Liverpool, City, Maybe Man U if they get a couple of signings in. Chelsea now, for sure, would be in that top 10. So what, what led to that? 
And one thing I would find interesting is um, it was only two years ago or a year and a half ago, we were looking at Chelsea and they had a transfer embargo put on them. And everyone yeah. just starts looking at them thinking, God, they're going to fall down. They're going to like fail. They've got an inexperienced manager, inexperienced team. And then coronavirus happens and everyone is all of a sudden putting a strain on their financial side, like away from, you know, some of the more serious things that happens with, with the with virus. It's from a purely business perspective, it's made everyone think twice about what they're buying, who they're buying and how much. So everyone's having to cut back and having to reduce their strategies. I know United have done it, City have done it, and so have uh, Liverpool. But mm. Chelsea, they've gone from being banned for two years and falling down the pecking order to saving all of that money from one window, whereas everybody else had spent theirs. So in this window, when everyone else is focusing on, you know, making their margins and making up for Cut what back. they've already spent, mm. yeah, they've... They haven't had to do that. They put no one on furlough. They've increased their jobs, which is the only Premier League team to have done that. They've mm -hmm. had more um, community engagement than any other team, as far as I can see. And they've spent nearly 200 million quid on yeah. top-level players. And not just... Yeah, good quality. And not just that. I think it's more of the case that it's not just top-quality players that they've brought in. It's the fact that the market has been reduced because of coronavirus, etc. <laughs> so some of these players that they've bought, they've actually got them at a cut price, arguably. Mm. Yeah, so I agree. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. mm. yeah, Werner, I'd say Werner was probably a 60, 70 million pound strike and they got him for about 40. Havertz was about right, about 70, 80 million. That was about what we expected. But even Thiago Silva for free, Malang Sarr for free, they might get this goalkeeper, Edouard Mendy, for 20 million and sell Kepper for over that. It's, they've just, they've been lucky. They've definitely been, like, if we were to call it that, they've been fortunate in the way things kind of uh, went out for them, but they mm. were opportunistic. They knew what, they took what gift came to them and they ran with it. So I now see that as going from Chelsea falling under the bridge to probably getting back on top of it in the years to come. So it's just yeah, weird how... That was one of them. Obviously, they're being title challengers again. And like before the season started, I, I, I looked at I looked at odds on what they what they would be to win the title this year. Now they they, they played uh, very recently, of course, yesterday. If you're watching the show in the future, uh, a couple of weeks back, um, and um, you know it wasn't a very convincing game against Brighton, but they still got the three points and they still got what they needed to do. And all their key signings, barring. Thiago Silva and and yeah. Zayc, you know, we even go back to to Pulisic, you know, being being like a part of the squad and uh, and Zayc, you know, he's come in and you know, so the the idea of what they want to do is far greater than where they felt that they could have been before yeah. the transfer embargo came along. So I, I, I fully understand and I back that. Now, mm. going with your theory. Why don't we talk about Man City? Because Manchester City, they are like their manager is is Pep Guardiola. Um, Pep Guardiola learned his traits from his playing career at Barcelona. Mm -hmm. Once again, under Cruyff, like in the early days, and then he's he's learned a, a style of football. Is able to use his on-field experience to coach the likes of Shabby when he was first coming through, and then yeah. became a manager of Barcelona, looking after Shabby and Iniesta. So it's just how that 
how how how, how you just put putting all these ingredients in into into the bowl, you're mixing it up, put it in the oven, and this is what is progressed of it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I can't wait yeah. for this book to come out. Honestly, I'm I'm really really looking forward to it. When and where uh, when and where can I get this book? So uh, it's due out in December. First of December. First of December. Yep. So just in time. So there you go, buddy. Um, in first of December. Um, some of the teams that sort of have that that link, and I'd like to sort of have a look at. Um, well, we'll, we'll stay on on the Premier League and how this works because. Yeah. And there's also a, a national team that I'd like to talk about as well, which mm-hmm. which I feel that has that sort of thing going on and mm-hmm. you've seen so many teams nowadays playing it out from the back yeah now what, what are your thoughts on playing it out from the back i think to be honest it was if i was to decide whether i wanted to watch today's football where they do that versus yesterday's football where they hoofed it up and hope for the best i'd pick today no matter what i don't mm. really like my team doing it because i don't think united are very good at doing it but <laughs> when it's done when it's done well it's fluid, it's exciting, it's, you know, straight down to the nitty-gritty of what football really is, passing, moving, making sure you're in the right place at the right time, and utilising space. Because one thing I will mention about Johan Cruyff is him and his managers and his, his philosophy was built around space, like the concept mm. of how much space is on the pitch, where do you need to position yourself, you put yourself flat against the defender, what difference does that make to be in sideways on everything? So when he comes up with things like that, you begin to notice in today's game, City's defenders in particular and Liverpool's uh, in the recent years that their defenders just are calm under pressure. They know what they're doing. They might get caught out once or twice, but I'd much prefer to see that from a neutral's perspective than what it was before. And yeah. if I'm if I'm honest, like we're talking 2020 and Cruyff's years were back in the mid-70s. So this is a near 50-year progression of what began as a really groundbreaking philosophy to being a polished and careful and nurtured and considered contemporary tactic. And, and yeah. a lot of clubs are now doing it. Some will fail and some have failed, but ultimately this is the way forward for football because that's what Croy started and that's what mm-hmm. I think Guardiola, Klopp and, uh, and um, Wenger did when he came with Arsenal. I think yeah. all of these different clubs are important for doing that so it's just it's great to see like i can i can now watch elite level football no matter where it is because they adopt this similar kind of tactic and it's it's just so more much more interesting to watch than just balls going up there balls going back here and then just spending like your your neck's hurting by the time that you you finish watching the game it's not watching tennis Uh, yeah it's just like okay okay nice yep oh he looks at okay back again it's just no like let's keep it exciting keep it on the ground be technical be free with it and that's what he was all about yeah i mean like wenger was one of the people that sort of tried to introduce it early doors into the premier league and you know teams then started really focusing on possession-based games and yeah. there'll be games where arsenal would lose you know which you know arsenal lost loads of games over the years <laughs> but, <laughs> honestly it's painful um but then yeah. what uh, what wenger would always come out at the end of the game he would always speak about yes but we controlled the game you know we yeah. got done we got done by a counter-attack but we we controlled the game and we we did this we did that and we had 60 percent possession or 65 percent possession and it's yeah. all from ball retention so 
this I think this is why Leicester did so well the year that they won it because yeah. they they wanted to break the rules and be like right everyone's playing ball retention have the ball then you have it yeah but as soon as we yeah. get the ball off you we're going to go at the other end and we're going to bang yeah exactly mm. and that's and it, that's why it's um it will always have that to and fro nature to it because there'll be the majority minus the minority and it will yeah. it will always have that thing because Burnley how the how the hell they're in the top half of most Premier League? I have no clue because on paper yeah. they shouldn't they shouldn't be, but their tactic works, their game plan works, and it's hard for fancy teams to break them down sometimes. And that's that's just the way of sport and the way football is. Um, mm. But the thing with like how things are developed now, and you talk about you talk about Wenger, like I actually feel pretty bad when people talk about him all that much because he really should be at that conversation of the greatest manager to have ever been in the Premier League and the reason I think it's he's not got that is A because of how it ended he probably should have left earlier than he did um, oh, when it wasn't working but 2008 the, Gav said yeah I'd say that's about right as well but people forget about the whole Emirates move and I don't think that there would have been many managers who would have taken on being told by your own club just after you've got a new contract yeah we're moving in oh by the way we're moving just over there so don't sign anyone you know um free transfers and all that yeah 10 million quid on andre santos yeah that'd be that'd be fantastic but, you know. <laughs> but other than that we need you to operate in a profit we can't have you working in a deficit you have to still play good football and you have to still qualify for champions league yeah like i don't see any manager who could have done that because fergie never did it without a budget great manager and i love him obviously but he needed yeah. the budget Klopp did, Guardiola did, but Wenger just didn't. He always got to Champions League. He was never going to win the Prem with the teams that he's got, but he still had led to some great moments, some great players, great developments, great academies. It's like he still had it, and I just mm-hmm. feel bad for him that he had to have that move because if he didn't have it, Arsenal needed to make the move to yeah. better their club because Highbury wasn't good enough for them. But to lose Henri to that and to lose so many great players to that to that move and to that yeah, new change. Vieira, Fabregas to yeah. a degree, you know. Yeah, were... Perez, Van Persie even, like, because yeah. they couldn't get good players enough to bring him in. Alex Song, when he was smashing it, like, people forget about him. It's just, and even when he got some good players in, Aaron Ramsey went and got his leg broken, and then he had Eduardo got his leg broken, and then he had all these things to do. I just felt so bad for him, but he should be in that elite-level conversation, I always feel, yeah. because... Especially, I go into the book about what he did at the beginning of his Arsenal career, and he changed the game completely. There's, there's no one who came into the Prem as a manager and changed it as much as he did. Nutrition, well, yeah, I mean, like, everything. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I was going to say to the nutrition side, because the 90s uh, of football, it was, it was dominated by Italian clubs, you know, mm-hmm. especially, in, especially in, the, in the Champions League, where yeah. it wouldn't be an Italian team winning it every year. But an Italian yeah. team was in the final every year. Ninety nine yeah. was the first. Not, uh, I think it was ninety one and 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 ninety nine were the only two years in the nineties where there wasn't yeah. an Italian influence in the final. So yeah. they had their their mindset. They were well drilled. Whereas yeah. in England, it was very. It was still drinking culture. You know, let's everyone just go out on the beers. Let's you know, yeah. Arsenal had Tuesday Club. You know, which is well yeah, documented. Yeah, yeah. You know, I would love to have been part of that Tuesday club. Uh, when we all, mate. Not tonight. I'm having an interview with you, Dev. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, not going to chin off Tuesdays just uh, just for uh, <laughs> anyone else other than yourself. But no, it's yeah. you know, he came in and was like, right, no salt in your diet. 
no more drinking, no this. And it just completely changed the whole mindset. And next thing you know, Arsenal's first full season, they won the title. So then Man United then had to step up a bit, hold on a minute. And then other teams were, were hold on, what, what, what's, this, what's this French bloke doing that we never yeah. even heard of? And, yeah. you know, just changing the whole face of what we now know football as today. So I'll yeah. see what you mean in terms of the respect. He does deserve his respect and I do respect him. But personally, as an Arsenal fan, I do believe that he overstayed his welcome by a yeah. country mile. And when he turned around and said that Arsenal are going to be the best team in Europe in five years' time after winning the title and not then doing anything after, that five years for me was over. So then yeah. we should have looked at ways of, of evolving because I've been looking at, I look at Man United and Man United won their first title in 26 years in the 92-93 season. But if you look at the 93 team that won it, and then the 90, uh, 97 team that won it. Yeah. And then the 2001 team that won yeah. it. And then the 2007 team that won it. It's a different team yeah. each time that win it. Ferguson knew how to recycle players. And any time yeah. a big name was leaving, it was like, oh, well, you know, um, Pallister and, and Bruce are going. Well, defence-wise, we haven't got anything. Yeah. And then, you know... Picking, picking up Henningberg and, and Ronnie Johnson and things like that. Yeah. And then, oh, well, you know, Berg, um, um, Beckham. Don't want Beckham anymore, you know. And then we were like, oh, my God, what am I not going to do without Beckham? Oh, here comes that, that Portuguese lad. I can't remember his yeah. name. He turned out all right in the end. But then, yeah. you know, <laughs> you, you always looked at ways of evolving and I think mm. that's what the issue is with yeah. a lot of teams nowadays and I'm worried for Liverpool this year because mm. Liverpool they ran it very close two seasons yeah. ago they won the Champions League congratulations mm. the following year they won the league but now what's going to happen next yeah I at any point, I, I don't like to talk Liverpool up. It's just it's part of my DNA. I don't like saying bad <laughs> things about Liverpool. But at the end of the day, Klopp has created one of the best teams that the Premier League has ever seen. There's no doubt in that. But he was found out even towards the end of the lockdown. Like when Project Restart came in, Klopp started to figure out what they're about. And quite frankly, conceding three goals against newcomers leads in a really uninspiring way, than what I thought, it was a bit, it's a bit of a wake-up call, thinking, well, yeah, you've got incredibly good players, and you've got good depth in some areas, but when Firmino's injured, what are you going to do? When Salah's out, when Mane's out, Van Dijk, they look like a completely different team without him. Alisson, I remember last season when Adrian was in goal, he cost them the Champions League when they were in against Atletico. So yeah. it's like, there's all these different things, but the, the thing you mentioned there with Fergie is that he was, he was good at evolving, but there was always something that made him evolve. So there was always, yeah. um, with any manager that's, that's, that it's happened with, something caused them to say, hang on, we need to change things up yet. Liverpool yeah. haven't had that. I personally think that when they, when they ran you guys very close in the Centurion season, it was um, when they ran City very close, sorry, it was they were always chasing their tail, always second best, and they had something to prove. There was that hunger there. And then yeah. now they needed the league. So they went and did it, and they did it really well. But they did it in a competition where everyone faltered. I'm not trying to take yeah. anything away from them, but it's a little bit like when Man United last won the title in the yeah. 12-13 season. You know, yeah. 
the, the point difference looks like Man United ran the league and walked away with it. Just all the other teams were beating each other. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, and we just did the double over Man City last season. <laughs> exactly, and the amount of different um, one nil wins, two nil wins, and awkward one alls or last minute draws that gets forgotten, doesn't it? You just see the points and you see this and you see that. Yeah. When when City were Centurions and they got those many goals and a hundred points, they they clearly batted everyone. And Liverpool was was somewhat of the same, but. Last year, I can't. I can count. They had really good performances. They were a fantastic team. I'm not taking that away from them. But would they have done that if City were still on form? I don't think they would have done. Mm. I think if there was another, I don't think there was another challenger. What were they like? Twenty eight points clear by the end of the year. Yeah, like, yeah. That's a joke, wasn't it? it? It's dominant. Don't get me wrong, but they did that without getting the top points level in the history of the competition. That still belongs to City. One mm. point difference, whatever, but it still belongs to them. And yeah. that's when you have to look at everyone else. So I think what's going to happen this season is Liverpool, if they don't strengthen even a little bit, if they get Thiago, it's a different situation. But if yeah, I mean, yeah, they, I agree. Yeah, but if they stay with the same team and get found out a few more times, they might lose one of their big players to one of the Real Madrid's or Barca's of the world, as is always um, the case with the Premier League. Then I think that they'll probably finish maybe third second or third this year I think City are going to run away with it based on what they've done so far and that's when it will flick the switch but I don't yeah. know if it will be too late to flick the switch because I think some people will want to leave well so I, I, I triggered a lot of people um, because one of the shows that we do is our top five so if you go back yeah, yeah, yeah. to our YouTube channel and have a look at that one it's um, if you go to the playlists and look for top fives and what we normally do there's a lot of banter in it you know we've done ones that are about you know the best the, the top five worst haircuts yeah, you know yeah. we've done like the top five worst kits um, yeah. the top five best England players not to get 10 caps but we also did it right at the beginning of the season was the top, uh, our, our predicted top fives, and mm-hmm. I triggered a lot of Liverpool fans. And I didn't, I didn't go out there in, like intentionally to go and trigger Liverpool fans. Yeah. yeah, I think it's just the fact that I put Arsenal above them. I think that's what what worried them. But I oh. said that Liverpool will come fourth this season, and that Arsenal might come third. And I think Arsenal are going to run away and like just do do things like under the radar. Yeah, and, that's a you know. And, um, but I, I said that it will be City at the top. I said United will come second. I mm. said Arsenal will come third. And then Liverpool. And I said Chelsea will just miss out. Because I feel that they haven't done enough defensively and they haven't sorted out their goalkeeping situation. I know there is yep. talks, you know, with, with the little goalkeeper, Edward, And um, mm. there's been little nibbles of, of Oblak. And then they talk about Oblak in one breath and then Pope in the next one. So... <laughs> Hey, you look, they need a goalkeeper, they're going to talk. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, for yeah. me, because they haven't strengthened, that is what the issue is. And this is where Arsenal went wrong in the 03 04 season. They won the title, didn't strengthen. But this is where Man United did really well. And that's where Chelsea did really well. Because when, when Chelsea yeah. won it in 05, they had the, the at the time the highest point return and yep. the best defensive record. And then the following yep. season, they strengthened and won again. Yeah. So yeah. it's. You have to go out and, and see what's going on around you. City won't allow that to happen again. No. They won't allow it. And they've got clout and they've still got a couple of weeks before the before the transfer windows are uh, closing as well. So, mm-hmm. no, it's interesting. Now, um, sort of going back to what we were, uh, in regards to sort of like the book and mm-hmm. the web of how it 
brings around. As I said, I wanted to talk about the international front. Yeah. And I feel just based off the information that I know from your book, this is where Spain are and what they what they did. Because we've always looked at Spain as the the bridesmaid. Yeah. Over the years, if you look at the 60s, 70s, 80s, even in the 90s, you know, especially in the 90s when when they had players like Luis Enrique and yeah. um, Guardiola, like Guardiola, yeah. exactly, um, Al, um, Alfonso, you know, some really top end players, Al Belder at the back, things like Al Belder, yeah. um, Nadal at the back, things like that. Yeah. And they never won anything and they'll always be one of the favourites. And I was having a conversation with, uh, with with a good friend of mine early on this afternoon in regards to Raul. And Raul is the nation's darling. Yeah, he, is, yeah. he, he is the main guy and he is a Real Madrid legend. Mm-hmm. But every time they picked him, it ruined the chances of everybody else because everything had to be fed through Raul. Yeah, yeah. And there was almost a civil war in Spain in 2008 when they announced the Euro Euro squad. Yeah. But they didn't pick him in the end. Mm-hmm. And it was vindicated because they went with Torres and Davavia and they won that. But then once again, they evolved for the World Cup in 2010. And then they yeah. evolved again in yeah. 2012. So how does it, how do you feel it works in comparison from club to international football? It, it will always depend on the country itself because every most countries will always have that star player. And what we have to remember is that they go to a completely different manager, like nine times out of ten, and he is tasked with bringing all these egos together who probably in Spain's case, Brazil's case for sure, and England, they would have been the top dogs for their clubs. And now yeah. all of a sudden, they have to be part of a wider team towards a common goal. They were always doing that. But, you know, Michael Owen said he felt some kind of complex when he went to the England setup after being the main man at, at Liverpool. And then he was being trumped by his own Liverpool teammate, Heskey, to get into the England squad. So you have mm. to manage all of these different things. And with Raul, I, it's, it's interesting you bring him up because I, I hold him very dear to my heart. I love Raul. Oh, I me too. That, he's, yeah, he's, I, I hold him in very high regard. Yeah, I think he's, I think he's incredible. But he, I don't think he ever found the right manager to bring the best out of him. Like, mm. God forbid, or God bless you, if he ever came now and played in a Guardiola side, I, I think we'd see such a different side of him because his assist record was almost as good as a scoring one. So you think what he could have provided, it's... Oh, it's just beggars belief, really, with Raul. But well, if it weren't for, for Messi and Ronaldo and their absolute freak show for the last yeah. 12, 15 years, yeah, we yeah. would still be talking about Raul on a yeah. daily basis. You know, it was almost like he gets forgotten about. Yeah, and the fact that Ronaldo could go into the Real Madrid squad while Raul was there and outshine him in different mm. ways shows how great Ronaldo is. So it's, it's yeah. not a poor thing on Raul is just that's how that's that's how I wish we, we kind of looked at football a bit like you come in and you do such a good job think about who you replace and think about the, mm. the thing that weighed on you and how you how you cope with it and whatever but with the with the international thing it's like it's so difficult for managers to not keep that darling in place because there is a different media vivacity when it comes to international football because everyone mm. is a fan all of a sudden like yeah. my mum hates football 
she hates it. She can't stand it. But if England are playing, she's glued to the TV more than I am. So, and she'll, do you know what I mean? She'll have more of an opinion on anything else. Like I remember once we were watching oh, 2006, I think it was, and Beckham was playing, and she was just staring at him like, "Give the ball to Bex." I'm like, "Mom, it, it's what do you mean? Like it's on the left side." Like, no, just, just give the ball to him. Like it, it'll do what he needs. To. Like everyone will have an opinion. So yeah. and it usually goes to the lesser experienced managers who somehow get darling their way into getting a an international role because it becomes political it becomes like presidentially related and the managers never really know how to do that because for example i don't think southgate should be anywhere near the england job but that's 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 what i think anyway but he no, I, I, I i i agree i think i'll let you i'll let you continue your point because i want to i want yeah, to come, yeah. I want to come to that as well so yeah but yeah but the, like all of these different things play into it so when it comes to going on the international front it will take either the players to just decide amongst themselves, like, this is the system that's best, this is what we have to do. And it's well known now that in the Spain 2010, in the, uh, the 82 Brazil, and in uh, the 70s Brazil, I think, and even uh, England 66, even they had Alf Ramsey, but Alf Ramsey used to say to them, you know, you know what you're doing, you know what you're doing, go out and mm. do it. And there isn't that anymore, because the expectation weighs so heavily on them that they're not free. I don't think... Mm international football has that level of freedom anymore and very few clubs or teams are able to express that i think france even though they won the last world cup should have been even better than what they were because yes. like pogba was great kante was great and Bappe, like i could speak forever about that kid but it, they could have been better and it's 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 nitpicking but i don't think they were free i don't think seeing how he plays for psg is not how he played for france and that's what you can never really count on all the time so with the Spain squad, they were given license. I think Del Bosque was one of the managers, and later, I'm not sure who the manager was after that, but you, you saw Tiki Taka. The Barcelona Tiki Taka yeah. was done by Spain. The freedom of total football was done by Ajax and then the Netherlands. And yes. the, the expression of South American samba style was done by Brazil. And yeah. that's, what, that's what we're missing. And if we let these, um, the English players we've got now, who are one of the greatest crops that we've probably ever had in terms of youth, then we should be, we should be battering Iceland, that's for sure. Oh my <laughs> yeah, God, we, no. we, did a, we did a live watch along for that game yeah. and um, we got so bored, we started talking about, you know, who, who's better, Tupac and Biggie, you know, <laughs> like we, we, which we know the, the obvious answer is Tupac, so. Literally, just it, we we had nothing to talk about, and it really wound me up. Now, on the England thing, I, I relate it to the Spain thing, and I said years ago, years ago, so we're going back probably about a decade, maybe just just over that. I didn't feel that Rooney deserved to be in the England side at that point. And yeah. I was getting lambasted. Rooney is the best Rooney. player in England. Rah rah rah. Yes, he is. I'm not disputing that. No, but yeah, but he's yeah. not suited to what players they have around and we could go back to that golden generation of England and it's like managers were just so fixated on this is the formation that we're playing so therefore it's a square pegs round hole situation yeah it was when we have Gerard Lampard skulls why don't we play three in the field then 
Why don't we play um, Gerard in a bit of a more withdrawn role, and then yeah. and then uh, and then Skulls in front of him doing some real dirty box to box work, which he's brilliant at. We all know it. Yeah. And then Lampard for club in behind on the edge of the box, finding goals. Two hundred and ten goals. He's two hundred nine goals. Is it uh, the record for, yeah. for Chelsea? Why don't you not play him to his strength? And then in yeah. that situation, maybe you can play three at the back, which I'm not a big fan of, by the way. But mm-hmm. maybe you could have then, because then you could have used your fullbacks as wing backs instead. Yeah. And allow allow the freedom of players to to feel like they are doing a real job and it yeah. really wound me up and as I said like, I, I just don't think there's a few I think it was World Cup 2010 and and, and um, Euro 2012 I didn't feel that really was at the standard for England for club yeah. he was he was bossing it and yeah, for me between 07 and, 10, uh, and two, 07 and 2010 for me Wayne Rooney deserved to win a Ballon d'Or in one of yeah. those in, yeah, the, I, in agree. Those I completely agree yeah um, I had an argument with someone on Facebook about this the other day, and he said, "Yeah, but the, in 2012, he scored more goals than than he ever has before. That's great, you know. That's great. But was he playing? Was he playing the standard that he was in 09? No. Yeah. So exactly. you know, it's all good scoring goals, but you know, how many of those are pens and how many of those exactly, are tappings yeah, yeah. and things like that? You know, your link-up yeah. play, your contribution to the actual team mm-hmm. is what warranted it. So yeah, no, I, I." I Mm. Yeah, I, I completely agree because I think stats are so misleading and there are so many stat merchants out there that will stay on numbers and that's it. It's just football's not that. If it was that, then we still have the same brand of football from 50 years ago when we clearly don't. There's, it's about rhythm and pace and, and balance. Balance is the key in any football team now. And with Rooney, what and I talk about in the book about Man United and their evolution and when Rooney came to the fore, he was spearheading that new direction for Man United, hungry, yeah. engaging, don't let up, get on them, do all this, do all that. And that's because he had bloody Carlos Tevez, Luis Saha doing the work for that he yeah. did as well. Yeah, exactly. And, and he <clears throat> needed to do that for England. He's, he's a, he is a good goal scorer, a very good striker, very, very competent striker. But his best role was to get in link up because he's so underrated with his link up play. And that was yes. what he did. So so well, and he was a good passer. He was a good cross. He was he was just brilliant, Rooney. But keeping him up there to just to do that and score goals and do that and not letting him be free and be happy. Imagine if we did that with Gaza in Italia '90. We wouldn't be talking about him. No, exactly. Like we'll be talking about we'll be talking about World Cup '90. We won't be yeah. talking about 66 anymore. We'll say that exactly. it twice. <laughs> but exactly. I feel the same situation is going with Kane right now. And Kane mm. is the best striker, best English striker right now. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. But he's also the best creator. And mm-hmm. I think his creative work is so criminally underrated at the yeah. moment. England's best creator and goal scorer are the same person and it's such yeah. an issue and but yeah. then change your style you know yeah. how many times in, in World Cup 2018 were we looking at Kane winning the ball deep and it's like oh for God's sake man doing, imagine yeah. imagine if someone was winning the ball deep and then he'd be on the end of it and unfortunately we, we had Sterling on the end of it who I do think is a brilliant footballer yeah. but he's not a go- he's not a finisher he scored no, twenty old goals last season in, in in all competitions. Great, mm. great stuff. Congratulations! But you're not a natural finisher, so mm. 
you know, that's where I would like to see a, a Greenwood, maybe. I know he's only 18 years old right now, but I would like to see a Greenwood in a further forward position. I went to watch yeah. um, Arsenal Spurs um, twice in about three weeks last season. So we played him in the league, and then we played him in the League Cup. And in the, yeah, the yeah. League Cup game, both teams put out a relatively strong side. And yeah. I'll tell you what, I when I go watch games, I, and I, there's a player that I want to focus on, I literally, do you remember player cam on Sky? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do my own player cam with yeah. a particular person. And there's another player that I'll speak about in a moment as well, which I did it with, who I think is criminally overrated as well. Mm-hmm. But um, Kane, I looked at Kane and was just staring at him the whole time. And Spurs scored a wonderful, wonderful breakaway goal, which Deli Ali finished. Um, he won the ball so deep. He receives it. He turns around. He looks up and just sprays his beautiful ping. And I'm thinking, mate, you're meant to be on the end of this. Yeah. But he didn't need to be because he's got the he's got the brain. He could do do he could do a number of different things. So yeah. I, I love him. Um, yeah. But yeah, in terms of my criminally overrated player, it's a defender, and it's Koulibaly. Ooh. And I, I did okay. I, I, I did my I did my little player cam view on him when Arsenal played against Napoli last year in, in the in the in the best European trophy um, played on Thursday and um, he was awful you can have bad days we know you can have bad yeah, days yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine, I get that I mean like Varane had a, had the world's worst performance against Man City doesn't stop him from being world class yeah exactly yeah but I think the guy's 29 he he knows what he's doing he knows what he should be doing mm-hmm. and I don't say I watch him week in week out but I watch enough of him and mm-hmm. I think that he is is very very overrated yeah, I, I, can't, I do agree in a way as well. I've not been too... I haven't been watching him too much, but if I was to look at who I think is a 80, 90 million pound centre-back, which is what they're saying he is, if Van Dijk is 75 million and you're going to try and cost more than Van Dijk, then I use him as an example. I mean, I know Harry Maguire costs more and I, that's just Man United tax. That's not, he's not an 80 million quid player either. But no, with, no, he's not with, a boy. Yeah, yeah genuinely. Yeah. Nowadays, football. Yeah, 100%. And with Koulibaly, I just think there needs to be a bit more to you than just being in the right place at the right time and being a bit of a bulldozer. I don't think he's good on the ball. I think no. um, his anticipation is good. He reads the game quite well. Um, good in the air. But, and he could be a leader. I, don't really, I haven't seen him be a leader, but I imagine he is. But I'll, I'll take away his leadership skills, but with the other two things that you said there... Mm-hmm. Isn't that just what you expect from a defender? Exactly. That's what I mean. That's, that's what I mean. And at that level, I expect that to be... And a given, you should be great yeah. at that. And then it should be yeah. the other things that you should be decent at as well. Like bring the ball forward, vision, you know, leadership, all that. And I just don't think he has all that. Van Dijk, I think, does. Well, we know mm. he does. He's won the Champions League, like two Champions League finals and a Prem just after coming to Liverpool. Like he's, <laughs> the dude is, is class. But it's, he's not there. And I'd, I'd look at Laporte or I'd look at a sense about like, like Varane and they're way better. And I'm yeah. like, you're the 80, 90 million quid. Koulibaly, probably not. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I do agree with yeah. you. Um, let's talk about your club then, Man United. Yeah. 
you know, um, interactive window. Yeah, yeah, we've got no choice, mate. Man United in the league, you know, the last the last defeat that you received in the league was against Burnley, I believe. Um, yeah. 2-0, 2-0? 2-0 at, at yeah. Old Trafford as well, which is annoying because, you know, Arsenal have only ever scored two goals at Old Trafford once in the league. Yeah. And when we did that, <laughs> When we did that, we shipped eight at the other end. But um, so, like, what, what are the clubs doing that Arsenal can't do? I'm confused. Really is insane. So, hey, look, I, I, could, I could take the banner as well as give it, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah, um, and you know what? I remember I was on Facebook. I was hammering Facebook. I was like, ha, ha, ha. Man United must be terrible. Yeah, you scored all these goals, but you let Arsenal score twice. What are you playing at? Absolutely. Mate, I was at a wedding. I was at one of them typical like Indian weddings that last for like six years. And I was and I remember it being like it was what was it? It was it was three was it three? Three one at half time. Three one at half time. And I remember thinking, Oh god, they they you just nicked one and I was like, uh, they might get back into this. (laughs) I go I go to dance a little bit, I come back and eat. My mum's just looking at the phone, she'd be like, Oh, it's been going off that, like a lot's going on. I'm like, oh, God, I honestly thought, oh, we shipped it, we've lost. I look at you, you, you must be... To be fair, to be fair, you had nine shots on target that day. Eight of them went in. Two penalties, two free kicks as well. Clinical, clinical. So, hey, look, take take away the set pieces. It's not such a bad result, you know. Still Um, still clinical, I reckon. It's all part of the game plan. That's Fergie, mate. We've talked about this. That's all all (laughs) it is. He knew. (laughs) But where where are Man United right now? As I said, they've they've been unbeaten in the league since the 22nd, I think, 22nd of January. Uh, Major influence from... From Bruno Fernandez, who yeah. you should have signed in the summer last year. Oh, that's, my, he's a, should have signed. He's the sexiest dude he's ever been in United. Show. But the thing, the thing is, with with this squad, it's it's at such a pivotal crossroads at the moment. It could mm. it could go left so badly, or they could really smash it on the head. But it's all in this window and in Jan. And like we don't usually leave our business till Jan. I know we did Fernandez, but that was a bit. We just had to get him. And, circumstances yeah. that one. Yeah, and I, and I am aware people are saying, well, Vidic, you know, Evra, they came. Yeah, you if you can tell if any Man United fan that's listening can tell me that they knew who they were before they came to United. I no, don't try it. See, like, I, knew, I knew about Chris Evra because whatever, uh, yeah, because of uh, yeah, the Champions League. Monaco days, and yeah, he played in the Champions League final in, in yeah, 2004. Yeah, against yeah, Porto, yeah. So, and yeah, Mourinho's yeah. Porto about that. But exactly, I, yeah. so I knew about Evra, but honestly, Vidic never heard of him. Not even, no, not even, not, I never even heard him on FM. Exactly, and you, you are never going to say that Vidic is going to be one of the best defenders in the world. Like you weren't. No, so not a chance. Let's, so now, I, I honestly think the United squad is is very is is quite solid, and our best players in that in our best eleven, they're solid. I think they could probably compete with most best 11s in the league. I'm not saying beat them nine times out of ten, but definitely compete. I mean, like we mentioned Greenwood. I think Rashford on his day. I think he needs to recover. He needed a bit of a, a rest coming back from injury, not doing too well. And he needed a bit of a break, and I think he'll come back stronger. Martial just kept on firing. Pogba started get, reliving his form. Bruno Fernandes brought us all together. Maguire mm. was okay. I don't think he... Like I said, he's, he was okay for a 40, 50 million pound centre-back, not 80. Uh, Lindelof strong. Uh, forget the hair. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, like, and, like, that's the thing. Again, again, the hair. I've got the hair O'Hare. Romero's going to have to leave. I think um, four years old, sort of 
politely. I think it should be letting him leave. It's, it's not fair to, to keep him there. Um, but De Gea is still, 18 months ago, best goalkeeper in the world. I think he's definitely dipped and he's had struggles, but still a top-flight keeper on his day. So, you know, let's not split hairs. And Henderson's done well. So I think now, bringing Donny van der Beek in, the centre midfield spot oh, is good. Yeah. You know, you know, Matic, van der Beek, he really is. Like, Matic, van der Beek, uh, Pogba, Fernandes, strong. Very, very strong in that centre midfield. And it's a part of our squad that's been leaking for the past decade. So, good to know we plugged that. That's very good. But Do you feel sorry for McTominay now? No, I don't, you know. I think, I think it's going to be a good few years for him, but in a different role than he expected. Because when he started, he was kind of... He could kind of do what he wanted. Box to box score, like have a shot, have a dig, do this, do that. Now he's going to have to be a bit more defensive, I think, um, when he mm-hmm. does play. So that's fair enough. But Fred did that. And Fred yeah. has been a lot had a wonderful than... season, by the way. Yeah. And I, I, I watch football from all over the world and I watch football mm. all the time. You know, yeah. there's, it's very rare. If there's, football, if there's not football on the telly, because little mm. man's watching, well, I'll say little man's watching like kids' programmes. He's five years old <laughs> and he'll, he'll be watching Supermarket Suite, The Chase, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Egghead. He loves, he loves quiz shows. But if, oh, he's doing, if he's busy watching that, I'll be watching football on my phone or on my iPad. You know, yeah. I am constantly watching football. And Shakhtar Donetsk, I thought they were going to win the Europa League just on. Mm. I genuinely yeah, yeah. did. Because they normally have grit at the back. Yeah. Big, brutal, East European grit at the back. Yeah. And then Samba Flair up yeah. front. But I don't know what led to that, but they, they've always yeah. had that. I oh, know, but like Fernandinho was doing the piece, you know, and like, um, like, is it Fernando? Always maybe forget which one. But then, um, but then Fred, he was there, and I was like, this guy's good. And when Man United signed him, I was like, got a player here. You got a player. Yeah. He was know. awful that first season. Absolutely yeah. awful. But last season showed what got him the move in the first place. Yeah, I thought he was fantastic. And the thing was, he he had to adapt. And it's so hard for, it's, it's so simple for any of us to think, yeah, the footballers are kicking the ball about, they're doing this, they're doing that. But no matter what they're doing on, in their training or in their private lives, whatever, they've got 90 minutes to prove you wrong. And you're, you're already on their back and they've got a massive prize tag that they didn't ask for. It's, it's my biggest yeah. there when people say, mm. yeah, you know when people say like, oh, he's, he cost this much, how is it? He? he didn't ask for that. The, man, the man's not laying up in Ukraine thinking, oh, I'll pay 60 mil, then I'll cut it. It's not anything to do with him. He, he's got to do what he's got to do. And he came with that burden put on him, thinking, I'm putting on the shirt already. Like, yeah. I need to perform. Give me the role I'm meant to do. Mourinho didn't let him do that. Solskjaer didn't let him do that. Made him change his role. And then he performed in his own, what is it, second season? Like, give the man a break. Yeah. Like, he did. Yeah, exactly. He's been fantastic. And I think we'll see something similar from McTominay because he's United through and through. I think he just died for the badge. So he's like a... It's easy to make that Fletcher comparison, but he just, he just is. He's a just coming of age of Darren Fletcher. Like, he just what did is. you think of Fletcher when he was first coming through? Do you know what? When I was a kid, I I didn't rate him. I can't lie. I loved I, him from the beginning. I never, I never rate. That was when I was a kid. That was when I was a kid. But yeah. this is like, I never rated him or the John O'Shea's or the... Like, I never rated John O'Shea. I still don't remember. I still am for that goal. I was for that goal. Don't ever chip an Arsenal goalkeeper like that. <laughs> that yeah. was amazing. That was he didn't know what to do when he was running there celebrating. Like, 
Not to do that. He knew. He knew what he was doing. He said it to the gaffer. But you know, like with <laughs> with um, like Fletcher and that, it was like when you're a kid, you see the flashy stuff. And at that time, it was like United were. I w- I was born into the era of transition with United, but. We had some interesting players. Like my favourite player growing up was Ruud van Nistelrooy and Diego Forlan. I love. I don't know what it was. You about Forlan. Oh That's my god, that boy, that boy. I don't know what it was yet. You know the headband? I think it was just that. <laughs> like, like the man just looked different. He looked cool. He looked. I because I don't. He did, I don't have, have, he did have a bit of swag, to be fair. He so did, man. Good, you know, early noughties swag. He just knew what he was doing. He worked hard. He he just loved playing for United. But like I. I don't have long hair, but I remember saying to my mom, Mom, can I have a headband? Like, I want to be like four I want to do this. And like, she, yeah, she shot it down. Probably right. But, like, <laughs> but like, I just loved him. But we had so much flair. We had Veron, we had Blanc, we had Bartel. I know we had, they weren't great for us as much as they could have been, but interesting, different and that. So I grew up on that. And then I see yeah. someone like Fletcher who just got in, did his job. And I was like, oh, it's just Fletcher, isn't it? You don't like, appreciate those sort of players nah. until you get a little bit older and really... Yeah, it's true understand football and, that, and this, yeah. it's not I don't mean this in a patronising way to any football fan in any way shape yeah, or yeah, form yeah. when you're talking about a team like, uh, if, you know like when you see a lot of world 11s best 11s there's never yeah. a defensive <laughs> builder involved in them are they he's thinking no. yeah brilliant yeah you got a couple of good defenders and then yeah. four really attacking midfielders and two strikers That's who's going to do the who's going to do the dirty work in the yeah. part and Even, this yeah, yeah. yeah I really important to have those sort of players yeah. someone like Fletcher you need them there they're the engine room you need them in the in the in the squad but also like if I look at the class of 92 you know United just like every, everyone talks about the Beckham the gigs the skulls the you know the, even the Nevilles the Nevilles get a mention just because like they were just yeah. you know they were one year apart and there was ones on the other side what, what was Philip Neville doing there any squad what was he doing at Man United what was he doing in the England squad what was he doing at Philip Neville how how he managed to get, stay at United's left back role when we had Irwin and when we brought in Ever? You got to look at that. If 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 Fergie genuinely thought, you know, I'm choosing him over Dennis, Irwin, boy, nah, get get away from me, get away from me. The man was versatile. I'm Nelson Vivas, but like, like, you, know, I can't, you know, what? I respect him and I've met him. Good guy. I've got nothing against him. It's your best mate, Deb. Mate, I've got nothing against him. I think he's a lovely dude. I made tea next to him. I worked at an agency, made some tea next to him. We had a joke about the sugar. He's a lovely guy. But on the pitch, like, at Everton, he found his level and he was good at Everton. Yeah, he was very hard at Everton. Did his role. Everton were languishing yeah. in mid table. Now, because, like, with, with Gary Neville, <laughs> I, never, I never appreciated Gary Neville until he retired. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get him. I didn't understand no, it. It's just like, yeah, you're a right back. And uh, when I was a kid, I played left back. You know, I definitely, yeah, yeah. definitely play up front. But my composure is awful. If I was on Football Manager, my composure would be greyed out. That's, yeah, I love that. Pace, pace, eighteen, acceleration, nineteen, finishing. Probably fifteen, but composure, nothing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, don't put anyone between the sticks, and I'll, and I'll pop it home. But. As a defender, I look at I look at fullbacks and I think, yeah, you've got it, whatever. I just mm-hmm. didn't see it as I was growing up with Gary Neville, mm-hmm. and then now I now I've got older and I have gone back and I've watched games. What yeah. a player! He's another underrated one, I reckon. I, I think I think he's probably had four 
five bad games in his whole yeah. life. Everything yeah. is a seven or more. Yeah, and two of them and were probably at the end of his career when he was on his way out anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and, and that's the thing, because I, um, you know, after this book, I'd like to write another one, kind of on these, like, unsung heroes of the game that I feel we should talk more about. And with Neville, I've always said that, you ask pe- people for their all-time Premier League eleven, they'll probably put Neville in there, but not because they genuinely think, it's a weird one, but they don't genuinely think, yeah, Neville was great, he deserves to be in that squad. It's like, oh, yeah, he was at United all that time, played a lot of games, I right, stick him in. No, that shouldn't be the that shouldn't be the conversation. It should be his overlapping, his crossing. He didn't score a lot. That's not what he's there for. He did his job brilliantly well. And then when we're having a conversation about like Fletcher, so I never like thought much about Gary Neville. He was just always there, and yeah. I never thought much about Fletcher because he's always there. But then you begin to realise as you grow older and look at the game in a different way. Without them, all your favourite players aren't going to play well. And if any United fan, like new United fans watching this, I don't really remember Fletcher or Neville or Nicky Butt was the one I was going to mention. Like he, Nicky, Nicky Butt, honestly, Boy. underrated. I it's love same, him. It's same with like David Batty for England. You know, people be like, why is David Batty getting caps? Do you not see what he's doing? He's engine. He this he is the thing works. with Liverpool right now because Liverpool have zero flair in the middle of the park. Yeah, and we know. Yeah. But they are, I call them industrious. And that's, I've been saying it for the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. They don't need to have any special talent in the middle of the park. You just need people that are going to work, they're going to run, they're going to chop, and just get the ball out wide or get the ball to the front three. You don't need, at the moment, you could argue they yeah. don't actually need any flair in the middle of the park because that, if they do that, then it will take away the effort. And the and the desire that they have yeah. in the second It's true. I mean, it's the concept of balance, like I we was saying before. Like, if they can strike the balance in the midfield, then you can do it anywhere. And I think France did it perfectly in the World Cup. You know, getting Pogba, Matuidi and Kante, they, they balanced it perfectly. That was the most balanced midfielder probably in my lifetime. Other than mm. Spain, because that's just, they're in a different world. Um, yes. One of the best that we've ever seen. But all these players that you talk about, you, you need to have that, you need to have them in the park. And to go back to the original thing we were talking about, McTominay, um, like if I feel sorry for him, I feel bad. No, because I think he is one of those people that will work hard and will fill the gap, I think, between the um, central midfielders and the defenders when Matic goes. So I think there's always mm. going to be a spot for him. I think he'll develop underneath these really great players now with in the middle of the park and he'll just get better. And... I'd, he's one that I'd want to see at the club for a very long time, if not indefinitely, because we need someone like him. Um, mm. But like with the rest of the squad, like United are at such an awkward point because Van der Beek was an incredible signing, and I'll never take that away from him. It really was. But, um, what I love about Van der Beek is the mm. fact he can play in the in the six, you know, yeah. just front of the door. Um, he can play in the eight, the box to boxer. He can play in behind as well. He's so versatile in yeah. that. Beautiful square, you know, yeah. from, from literally from one box to another, you, you literally put him in any one of those and it will do a fantastic job. And not just that, he has won more penalties than anyone else. Mate, in we're slotting them. We are slotting them home next season. I can't Scott wait for the meeting. Um, Jamie Elliott, who is uh, the main presenter of Three in the Bull. So if you like your darts, do you like your darts, Dev? 
I don't mind it. Yeah, a bit of Raymond Van Barneveld. Why not? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pop on there every now and then as well. Show face, show face. Um, the three in the ball is a great, great pod. So if you're into your darts, you um, you go watch that. Jamie's watching from there. Um, best ball back in the prem, Dennis Irwin. He says. Uh, 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 and Neville's strongest attribute was his passion. Now I definitely agree with that one. Yeah. The, <laughs> the Dennis Irwin bit for me. Whether I like him or not, as a person, not that I've met him before, he's probably a lovely guy. Uh, but he's, clean, not. he's actually cold, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's actually cold. Yeah. He's, he's the best left back in world football uh, that ever has been um, yeah. in, my, in my lifetime. In my lifetime, yeah, yeah, yeah. since I've been born. And people go Maldini. Um, I'm like, oh, no, Maldini, I love Maldini, but I'll play him at centre half. And yeah. if anyone's trying to at me with with Roberto Carlos, no, then you do not watch football. No, 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 no. You, you play FIFA if you choose Roberto Carlos. <laughs> you do not yeah, watch football if you exactly, play you Roberto Carlos. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you very much. I'm glad you backed me on that one. Uh, <laughs> with Man United, where are they going to end this season, Dev? It depends if we get the deals over the line that we said we're going to do. If we get Regui on, and if we get Sancho, which I think... going to win the league. I know. No, I didn't say that. We're, we're still no, 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 I'm saying it. I'm saying it if you get them no, both. No, 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 no. I think we don't have that experience just yet. I think we still need to mature a bit as a squad because when Fernandez came in, he still had to rally the troops a lot. And when yeah. their heads did go down, he still had to be there. And I, I get, you know, we had... Pressing the door. You have to have that throughout the team. And that's what United always had. So I, I never like to look back at old United squads and do that thing and reminisce, get nostalgic and all that. But we had that presence, loads of places in the pitch. We had a spine from goalkeepers, Schmeichel van der Sar, always. Yeah, it's true, it's true. But like Yapstam, um, Rio Ferdinand, Jemanja Vidic, you had your Roy Keynes and you had your... Skulls didn't really have to say a lot. But he led by example. You had to Giggs who did the exact same thing. Beckham was the biggest engine that no one gives him any credit for. Rooney, Saha, like, you had everyone there. And right now, when Marcus Rashford dips his head and he doesn't know what he's doing, he, even he's looking to Fernandez sometimes. I saw him in the restart thinking, oh, come on, let's go. Let's... This man just came to the club that you've been watching since you were a kid and that you dreamt about playing. Where's that again? Like, yes. you don't need self-starters but because people sometimes aren't. And... Just because you're a footballer, you're not supposed to just be perfect. I get that. But you yes. need people around the squad to help you with that. And mm -hmm. in defence, okay, I like Maguire. I know. He's a, dec he's a good defender. And Lindelof, I like him as well. They ain't listening to him. They're not, yeah. They're not listening to him. And like in the central midfield, like they're listening to Popper when he plays. But that's only when he feels like it. And that's when Fernandez gets him on side. So it needs more. I think Van der Beek is going to be perfect for for gelling that together. I think he'll be great at that. But then up top, Martial and like Greenwood is still learning the ropes. Like he had a great season. But he's still he's still a kid. Like look what he just did recently with England. He's clearly yeah. a kid. He's clearly a yeah. kid. So he, he needs embedding. He needs looking after. And there's a lot of things we need to do, but get a Jaden Sancho in. Get Regby on in. Oh my God. So mine is those two, you're saying where in the league and then with what? those two, where you're saying in the league. I'd say fourth um, without them. I think we, yeah. we are going to get into top four. And I think either third or second with them. I think we might push for second, but third I'd be happy with. 
So if you don't get them, you'll come fourth. That means Arsenal come third. Um, with Solskjaer... <laughs> What? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. That means you're happy, mate. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah, I'll run with that. Cheers, Dev. Goodbye. <laughs> Love this you, stuff. You, you can come on again. Uh, right, so uh, <laughs> with, with Solskjaer, yeah. are you in, out? Shake Where are you? I'm a, I'm a yeah. bit, uh, he gets it. He gets United. Um, yeah. He understands what it means to play for us. And I just don't think it's him who's pulling all the strings. I think no. without Mike Feeler, you, you ain't getting any of these um, these tactical changes. I don't think Solskjaer's yeah. got that about him. And it's not for, not really for me to say, because I, I don't really know, but I'm going to base it off just the fact that he's a good figurehead. He's a good person for players to come and understand the culture and learn about United and, and to get inspiration. I think he's a very inspirational guy, Solskjaer, because he's done things with United that no one's done. And he's been central in these, in these moments as well. So I think mm. he's good to have for that. Especially with, when we're back in the Champions League, I think we'd be very good for that. But without feeling, without the backroom staff, without Fergie lingering around, because he always is. He is um, Yeah, 100%. And I, I don't think he's on his own good enough. But with everyone, I think he's a good little figurehead. So he's done well so far. You know, you can't knock the, the end result, I guess. There's been I, I, I don't Yeah. Yeah, I there's been time the for it. Like old, old players now managing their club and I'm just I'm just looking forward to when Stephen Ireland takes over at Man City you know imagine get him in at the back Je- Jeff Whitley um, yeah. but, um, <laughs> but Dev um, Dev's book is out on the 1st of December and I swear to God I cannot wait cannot <laughs> Cannot wait to read this book, The Football Spiderweb, How the Beautiful Game Has Evolved. And as I said, it's going to be, it's going to be out all over the place. Are you, is, are you going to have it like hard book, uh, hardback, paperback and that stuff as well? What's crap? Well, it's going to be um, a self-published work because I've looked at the published route. It's, it's a bit of a minefield. I've had some interest come back. But when I look at the difference in how much you lose by going to a publisher, I just thought, at least my first one, let's try it all myself. So this is all going to be on Amazon Prime. Uh, mm-hmm. It'll be available, uh, depending on which country you're in, it's either Prime or just do normal Amazon delivery because it's printed to order. Um, but that's why we're going to have a pre-order link uh, sometime in November. I'll keep everyone updated on that. Probably first. Yeah, that's right over to me. Yeah, as as you do. Of course, mate. And um, I'll be doing that so then at least Amazon can get an idea of what's going to be put out for December and then hopefully a Prime link will come through that. But... It's going to be paperback because it's through Amazon themselves. So all of it's paperback or Kindle. Um, Kindle will be a different price as well, but it's all going to be reasonable. It's going to be a fair price. I mean, I'm Indian. We like fair prices. So we're going to keep it all fair. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just going to make sure it's all fair. But um, it's funny you mention it because um, even though... Well, this mate, is I'll just teeth off you anyway. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, just last week, um, I ordered an author-proof copy, and though this isn't the final version, this is what it will end up looking like. Let me put you on the big screen. There you are, your <laughs> soul screen. Get it out there. there. Look at that. Look. There you go. Um, your, your, your first copy, um, can, can, I, can I have it signed, please? Oh, of course, yes. I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll do two things, actually. Mm-hmm. One, I want one, and I want it signed. And two... We will do a giveaway, a signed 
copy giveaway from one of the books for one lucky viewer and uh, we'll, 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 we'll talk about that but we'll get something we'll get something written down or something you yeah. know as, as, as a competition because i think this book is is revolutionary and uh, I, don't, I don't want to patronize or anything but <laughs> you're 23 years old and you've, <laughs> you've you've sat down you did a bit of recruitment now you work for design and you're writing a book mate this is i am so glad to have met you mate and i'm 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 buzzing for your future and you know make sure you get yourself involved again with two up top get yourself on the show again yeah. love to have you back on mate likewise it's been a lot of fun and obviously like from now until december it's just going to be you know talking to as many people engaging with people but if more of them are like you it's just going to be an even more enjoyable process but like like i say like i don't want this to be the last time i'm on here that's for sure no, it, it, it won't be mate trust me there you go exactly be. but it's been good fun like, like you say we'll figure out the details with with what we can do with this and um how we can help each other because that's what it was all about when we've spoken and about about everything else but um but yeah i think it's been great fun being on this talk and i uh, can't wait for the next one mate sign me up yeah, will do for sure. Now, uh, you can subscribe to our YouTube channels going on the bottom of the screen. As we have over 100 subscribers now, we can change our domain name. In fact, before the show, we have 644. So please continue subscribing. We're loving the support. www.youtube.com forward slash football. And you can now download Soccer Manager 2021. It's available right now on the App Store and on the Google Play Store. And I'm not quite sure if you knew dev no but i didn't you know <laughs> if you put in two up top into google our name comes up first really honestly that's, mate that's i'm gonna do that as soon as i get off the course our name comes up first thank you everybody for your comments and your questions um please continue to like and share our stuff uh you know if, if you missed some of the interviews you could go back on youtube or on uh facebook and have a look at this or if you are too busy to watch it you can stick it in your ears it's available on all major podcast providers including spotify um, where we are in our in the top 100 as well which has happened this happened today that. last night we found out we are in the top 100 sports podcasts in Love the that. world in the world to top. Hey, say that again one more time say that again one more time in the world there we go there we go just to make sure it's all there just to make sure hey look people might not have heard so there you go yeah. <laughs> exactly. uh, if you can hang around there for a couple of moments i'm going to say bye to these lot goodbye goodbye